There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on a Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is an inspirational thought leadership platform that advances the conversation on living and working with passion, inspiration, and purpose. I'm committed to helping create a world where business and capitalism are a force for good, constantly working to address the immense number of problems in society serving all stakeholders. The Gallup organization reports that 85% of the global workforce does not want to go to work on Monday or whenever the shift starts. Let's change that together. And instead, make work an enriching part of life that expresses meaningful contribution and helps us grow into our highest selves, all in service of the organization's purpose. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something that changes the way you think or that you can immediately put to use. Much of the content we discuss in this program is, re- is a reflection of the work I do. So as you listen, if you catch a glimpse of anything I can do to help, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. And let's talk about what's going on for you and how I may be able to help, whether it's consulting on visioneering for a greater purpose among your stakeholders, the Vitally Inspired Leadership Program, the online Catch Fire Learning Communities, or speaking for your company or conference. At any rate, I'm glad we're connected and thanks for listening now on to this week's program with us today is hector garcia co-author of the book of ichigo ichi the art of making the most of every moment the japanese way and also the author the co-author of ikigai the japanese con- secret to a long and happy life we'll be talking about what this japanese concept of ichigo ichi means and where the idea came to research it came from how all of us can cultivate Ichigo Ichi in our daily lives and become moment hunters, and how companies can leverage the power of Ichigo Ichi to create compelling products and services and enticing cultures that contribute meaningfully to their employees' lives and work. Hector joins us today from Tokyo, Japan, where it is 15 hours ahead of time from me in Dallas. Hector, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hello, thank you. Good morning here in Tokyo. Good morning. Wow, it's amazing. It's a beautiful afternoon here in Dallas. It's wonderful to know that you're on the other side of the world starting your your Friday. So welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you. So, So to get started here, I always like to have a little bit of fun when I kick off shows, especially with an interesting guest like you, Hector. So among other things, among my passions, I'm an identity and a meaning researcher. So let's start by talking about who you are. There's a lot that makes you, I've noticed, as I looked at your, your background and your profile. So if you were to be at a, at a cocktail party or some gathering where people didn't know you, how would you introduce yourself? So that's, this, is a very, this is always something I struggled with because I realized that over my life, I've always been changing my identity. <laughs> you have. Or, and that's exactly why I wrote my first book, Ikigai, to try to analyze or introspect in myself of what is the real common factor that is inside me that connects all the, all the dots. And yes, I would say now I'm a writer and an author, but before I was an engineer and I like traveling, I like analyzing cultures, I like learning. And it seems to me that 
one of the common threads that it's in all my passions is like curiosity. So everything that I start having curiosity for, I start learning about it and I want to write about it. So everything is starting to connect. I think I'm becoming an author. That's becoming my identity. Mm, that's so delightful. And I share a lot of that curiosity. As you know, I lived in Spain and Brazil and I want to do more travel. I'd love to live abroad again. So I'll be in your back pocket for a while, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this latest book that you co-authored here. And let's make sure I'm saying the, the topic right here. But the Japanese concept, Ichigo Ichi, is that the right way to say it? It's Ichigo. Uh, well, there is, I think it's okay. In Japanese it would be Ichigo Ichi E. ピーチエフ。オッケー。いつあ、ジャパニーズウォー、ウェル、イズノットリーリーアジャパニーズウォー、ウォー、イズアコンビネ、イズアイズアンエクスプレッション、イズアコンポジションオフトゥウォーズ
So would you tell us a little bit about how it was that you met her and how it is you decided to write books together? It seems hard enough to come up with one book, let alone doing it with someone else. What's that story? So my story originally, I came to Japan uh, now, I think it's 16 years ago. And I started writing in, I think this is a similar story to many authors these days. I started writing in a blog. Mm-hmm. And I wrote originally in my blog, I wrote in Spanish, and I wrote out of curiosity. So uh, as I explained, like, I would, I got very curious about Japan. Uh, in those times, there were almost no blogs about Japan. So, and there was no YouTube. So I, I when I arrived to Japan, everything was like an alien universe to me. And everything that I was observing every day, I was writing it down in my blog. And suddenly, my blog became very popular in Spain. It, it became one of the top uh, read bo- uh, blogs in Spain. And out of that, one day, like several years later, I came out to the realization if I put together all this content that I wrote in a book, I could have a book. That was my thinking. If I was, I think I was 26, 27. And I did that. I put everything together and I got a manuscript of around 300 pages. And then I started sending it to like publishers in Spain. And they all rejected me because I was a, a, like an unknown author, except one publisher who, who decided to publish my book in 2008. And, and that was my first book. It's called A Geek in Japan. It was a very nerdy book. It's <laughs> the still, best kind. Yes, it's still, uh, it's, it's a long seller. So it's still one of the most popular books about Japan in, in Japanese, in Tokyo airports, because it's an introduction to Japanese culture. And this book, I wrote it alone. It was my first experience as a writer. And now looking in retrospect, it's an okay book, but I could have done better. Then years later, uh, I, this, like my co-author in the next books, Francesc, uh, read my book, my A Geek in Japan. And Francesc is a very famous novelist in Spain, has written more than 50 novels mm. and books. So it's a prolific author. And came came to uh, Tokyo and we met. We had an Ichigo Ichi moment together. <laughs> of course you did. And, and then uh, we met several times. Uh, Francis is a very, he, the, the hobby he has is to come to Japan and travel around and write novels and books. So one day he proposed me we should write a book together. And that's how everything started. Well, it was not let's write a book together. I, I was we were it was more it was more romantic. We were walking in a Japanese garden, very beautiful. And I was a little bit depressed because of many things in my life. And I started talking to Francesca about uh, this word, uh, Japanese word, ikigai, which means the purpose in life. 
Uh, I think it's deeper. It's like the overall purpose in your life. It's your ikigai. And Francesc didn't know. This word was totally unknown to the West when I explained to Francesc. And after explaining him about Ikigai, he said, we have to write a book together. The world needs to know about this word, Ikigai. Let's do it. And that's how we wrote our first book, Ikigai. And then the next books, like we are just now, we're we are a team, I would say. And we are writing Ichigo Ichie is our latest book. Hmm. Well, of course, I love how you unfolded all of that story for all of us. Um, and I appreciate how you are continuing to transform along your own journey there. And also, I appreciate that you were authentic and, let us, authentic and let us into your world, that it wasn't necessarily a pleasant time for you when you met and were in that garden. And in that garden, in fact, I do want to share something with our listeners that I thought was so beautiful in your book. Um, and in that, in, in the passage, it really evokes in me, uh, for me, in, in an Ichigo Ichie moment. Um, and that's toward the end of the book when you write, and I quote, we began our adventure in an old tea house in Kyoto, reading, as the master Oikyu said, the love letters sent by the wind and rain. I love the idea that the wind and rain can send love letters. Um, that's an idea that just, just captivates my soul. And so to me, for the listeners who haven't yet read your book, can you bring us into what you meant by those words in that tea house on that special day? Mm, yes, what I think those those words it's it's similar to what uh, a haiku like Japanese haiku poems oh, do. Yes, to, yes, is these are like tools to to bring your awareness to, to, to the present in a, a special way. So maybe that's what you felt when you would, when you read the when when you read this. It's not is not it's less about the meaning but about the effect that it does to to your feelings and your brain. You're maybe having a bad day or you're tired and your mind is filled with many worries and you read uh, uh, like five haiku poems, it will change your state. And this is haiku poems is just one of the tools that we can have to, to bring us to the present moment. And we found out that Japanese culture has many of these, I don't like the word tools, but I'm going to say the word tools, these tools to bring our awareness to, to, the, to the present which one is like th these words by OIQ or our words and one big tool, more complex tool that we also explain in the book is the Japanese tea ceremony, which I believe the whole purpose of the tea ceremony is not really to drink tea, but is to, is to evoke this, this sense of Ichigo Ichi moment in the most powerful way that's how the tea ceremony the japanese ceremony is designed to bring us to the ichigo ichie and and of, of course the reason i wanted to have you on the program hector is that i think that we desperately need to be able to gain access to the present moment and so much of what i'm doing in my programs and my speaking 
and what I do inside organizations is helping people get access to that moment in order to be able to get present to their passion, their inspiration, um, and let that wash over and enrich their lives. And so to me, your book is so beautiful in the way you wrote it. And it's such an easy entry point into that space. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, and and I want to add, there is, it might sound like only the Japanese is not, you can also find your own tools to bring your, bring you to the present. It can be something as simple as listening to your favorite music or doing like things like aromatherapy is very good to maybe induce this present like a state or enjoying like Japanese have like saku you know the word sakura like sakura blossom sakura, uh-huh. uh, sakura is uh, how do you say in English it's a cherry uh, ter- blossom cherry blossom so the Japanese have this cherry blossom contemplation tradition which is also it's yet another way to to embrace the ichigo ichiya moments and Hector, hold that thought, if you will. I want to talk more about that because I want our listeners to gain more access to it. But let's grab our first break if we can. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on the air with Hector Garcia, the co-author of the book of Ichigo Ichi, The Art of Making the Most of Every Moment, The Japanese Way. He joins us today from Tokyo, Japan, where he's 15 hours ahead of me here in Dallas. We've been talking about a bit about his own journey and his path to become an author. An author. After the break, we're going to talk more about how we as listeners and people across the planet can actually cultivate Ichigo Ichi in our everyday lives. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Hector Garcia, the co-author of the book Ichigo Ichie, The Art of Making the Most of Every Moment, The Japanese Way, and also the book Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Hector, just before the break, you were finishing a thought. Did you want to add something to that before I take you to the next question? No, I just took to, like, we we all can create our Ichigo Ichiya moments. We don't need uh, Japanese. Japan is not needed for that. We can all use our own ways. For example, uh, preparing a cup of tea and enjoying it with our, our loved ones could be one way to create an Ichigo Ichiya moment. Mm. I'll share just briefly. Um, I had what I would now consider to be an, an Ichigo Ichiya moment um, last Monday evening, Hector. I was out after I did a beautiful tango lesson. I was just high on the experience of having done that and I didn't want to go home and so I stopped into a, a restaurant or a bar and sat at the bar as I always do worked on your radio show content as we're working on today and I noticed this couple next to me talking and they were connected and enjoying each other and my first thought Hector was oh they must be dating <laughs> surely they must be dating they can't be married and 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 then as I looked closer I saw a ring on her finger and then one on his and I realized okay they are married they appeared to be in their late 50s and I thought oh maybe it's a second marriage and so they paid they paid their bill and were ready to walk out and of course I I interrupted and said excuse me I couldn't help noticing your connection 
and they ended up staying for another glass of wine with me and I learned how they met and what how it was they'd been married for 15 years, three kids, it had been a rough weekend. And I talked with him about his work, which is leadership, and he will probably be a guest on the show. But it was just that moment of just being present, right? Just like you're talking about, being able to really mm-hmm. enjoy the moment and, and be there in a way that was meaningful for me, certainly, and for them as well. Yes, well, that's that's a great example, I think. And I, you, you, were, you were also part of, you, you also created a moment with them. It did, so that, yes. That's, that's, a, that's a double. <laughs> yeah, it was really beautiful and enriching for all of us. And so I thought that would be a good example to share. But, but in, in, in this part of the conversation, I really wanted to be able to help our listeners get more access to this concept so they can use it in their own lives as you and I are. I'm a novice. You're, you're, you're longer at this, so I'm learning. Um, but you do say in your book that many of the problems we experience in our daily lives as individuals and as society originate in a lack of attention to others. Completely agree with that. And you tell us the solution involves being present with another as if it might be their dying last words. And that only when we're fully present can we truly receive what someone else has to offer. I think that's beautiful. Will you say more? No, I think that's yes, that's that's powerful. I I almost forgot my own words in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. Like I should listen to you, Alice. What you're saying to me now, that's <laughs> very important. But yes, I think that the the context why why I wrote those very strong words is because now I think this is a common problem and threat in our society. Now it's not only something we talk in our book but this is being told by many books these days that we are losing we are all lost in our smartphones our notifications our emails and yeah i think digital yeah digital tools in general are hijacking our awareness and that's the consequence of that, that that's disconnecting us from other human beings around us and I believe that's very, yeah, that that's very dangerous for, like, everything, basically. I'm pretty sure this couple you encountered that they were 15 years married when they were talking, they were not looking at their smartphones. I'm pretty sure. No, they were not. You're so, absolutely right. No smartphones so, present. So that's what one of the first things to do is like to. To, to try to do like yeah, restrict you of course now is becoming even more it's becoming almost impossible to say okay you have to stop using your, your smartphone that's not that's not that's not possible I think is like finding ways to to put some barriers so you have your time with your smartphone but when you're in front of a person and you have to like you have to talk like your smartphone should go somewhere else and you should look at the other person in the eyes and listen that's and this is something i'm saying this i wrote this book also for myself with frances because i noticed that this is what was happening with me so it's not a problem i have solved for myself but i've been while writing the book ichigo ichie i've been developing some habits in my life that it has certainly improved my separation of okay now i'm going to deal with email and whatever on my my smartphone but this is now time for for something else it's time for to enjoy with other people 
or it's time to to work on my my purpose and passion which is writing then i stop everything else and it's such a gift right i know for for my own work hector that when we can be really present with someone else and we really hear them and see them for who they are it's unforgettable for them most people can't really let go of the experience of being seen and heard like that it's beautiful yes i notice i think yeah you are spot on on that I notice immediately these days, if I think like last three, four days, who has listened to me really, it's not that many people. It's like, so I also feel when people are really listening to me, we feel it. And yes. It creates a connection. And, and you have to be aware that you are doing that to other people too. If you are not listening to other people, they will feel it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So it's, it's like both ways. So, um, it, so another thing that you said in, in the book that I thought was gorgeous, and it builds on, you mentioned that you'd written a book about Ikigai, which is, of course, why I originally reached out to you. And then I missed my opportunity to, to talk about that, but I did cover it. But in your book, you talk about this concept of mankai, if I say that right. So... I did cover the, the Ikigai concept earlier, but I want to build on that with this Mankai formula that you show in your book, which is Ikigai plus Kaika plus time equals Mankai. Can you share with us, this is where our listeners can walk away with something actionable for themselves, what each one of those terms mean and why this formula is so useful to helping us create meaningful and rich lives. So this was an attempt, I don't know if we were successful because we are mixing too many Japanese words here, <laughs> but we, we tried to connect. So originally, the, the, when we wrote Ikigai at the end of the book, Ichigo Ichie was one of the, what, what was one of the ingredients to have meaning in our lives because you can have whatever purpose you want but if you're alone in life and uh, you're not living in the present then purpose is kind it becomes it becomes me- meaning like you need both ingredients so th- this is where the formula comes like we need purpose ikigai but then we need a uh, kaika in japanese means is the the moment when the cherry blossom is at its best so it's, it's the perfect moment for the cherry blossom. Mm. So, and, and then, so when you, when you combine, sorry, I got it wrong. Kaika is when it, the cherry blossom starts. And then when time, when you add time to that blossoming, it will reach the mankai. The mankai is the perfect state, like the, the perfect flower. So it's a, it's a metaphor for our life or us as a person. Like when we, we can reach a mankai, we can become perfect flowers or almost perfect because I, I don't think there is perfection. This is also like there is no perfection in the, in the world. But mankai is this state of the best, most beautiful flower that we can be as a person. And to reach that state of mankai, we have to have ikigai, purpose, and we have to sparkle the kaika, we have to sparkle new ideas and things in us to find 
what what's next to to become like uh, monkey flowers that, that does it make sense so yes. yeah i think this formula we made it too complicated but the meaning is that we need not only meaning but we have to work on it every day and with other people in it too if not like only ikigai will not work well and the reason i wanted you to talk about that hector is because many people who listen to this program and it does enjoy a global listenership come to the program because something is missing in their lives. They want to be a better leader. They want more meaning or fulfillment from their work or their lives. Something is not right for them. And many people talk about not being able to discover or have access to passion. And when I'm out speaking and I ask people what they're passionate about, oftentimes they say they don't know. So part of what I'm, I'm up to in the world is helping them to discover and get present to their passions so that they can then develop them and nurture them. And so that whole note, that whole idea of the kaika moment when something unknown begins to blossom in us, something gets sparked, a new passion is sparked, is something that I wanted you to, to talk about because people have this idea that, oh, I can't change jobs, I can't change industries, I'm too old, it's, it's too late. And in your book, you really say it's never too late. Yes, it's never too late. And I think we give some examples of people who who started to, to who found something new in their 60s and 70s and they became mankind, they became fulfilled with it. So that's the word you use, the sparkle moment. Mm. And of course, I think I've also encountered, like, I guess, like you, many people is becoming a global problem, like, because I think also there is a like global problem like we, I don't know what my purpose is or I, I feel not very engaged in everything I'm doing at work or my daily life is becoming a routine. Th- those are common problems and I think that's that's also something I think well, well we, we've all had this when you're in your 30s and 40s I think this is something that connects all all of us human beings, uh, I don't think, or maybe, I think there is maybe 1% of very, very lucky people who they start playing the piano when they're five years old and that becomes their passion forever and they are happy with that. But for the rest of us, I think I read somewhere that like whatever you start or you study at university or college, when you're in your 50s and 60s, almost like everyone is working on something else. And that means because that means that people is change like you are slowly changing in your passion and what you are really good at. <clears throat> and what I wanted to say is like the, the main struggle that I think everyone has is that when, when you find something, okay, there is something that sparkles. Okay, maybe I like this. Or maybe it's my passion or it's not, I don't know. That's the main question we have. And maybe you pursue it for two months, three months, and you start struggling. I'm, am I really good at this? Yes, no, I'm really enjoying or not. And then you start thinking about giving up or continue. So that would be the time factor to become like a, like almost perfect flower with something. And I think this is something that is very personal to each person. I think that if if you 
keep on something for too long and it's not really what you like, you might end up burn out. Agree. Right? Yes. But if you give up too early on something that might be the right thing, then maybe you missed on something very beautiful. So th this is this is a very fine line. And this is where we need people, I think, like, like you who can guide people. Because it's not... I don't have a solution for this problem yet. So I want to ask you also, Alice, because I also struggle with this. For me, writing, for example, I've thought many times like giving up, especially at the I'm beginning. I'm so glad you didn't. I'm so glad you didn't. Because I had all this, uh, there is this word, the imposter syndrome. Like I had all these doubts always. Like, like, and, but it's like, I'm glad I pursue it. So yeah, I, I do. You have thoughts on this? Like I when, do. When I do. Keep or because I could have also become burned now. I, I don't know. Yeah. I do, but let me grab our first, our, our last break. But let me also say before I do that you are a gift to the world, and I'm grateful that you persevered in your writing. So I'll answer your question when we come back. Just a moment. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with Hector Garcia, co-author of the book of Ichigo Ichie. The Art of Making the Most of Every Moment the Japanese Way. He joins us today from Tokyo, Japan, where he is 15 hours ahead of me here in Dallas. After the break, we're going to hear more about how to apply Ichigo Ichi in relationships and at work. Stay with us. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to working on purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Hector Garcia, co-author of the book of Ichigo Ichie, The Art of Making the Most of Every Moment, The Japanese Way, and also the book entitled Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So just before the break, Hector, you were asking me a little bit about, I think, I, I, about staying true, I think, to your passion. So what I'd like to do is answer that, and then I want to direct us to what you have in your book about how to cultivate passions around the senses. So um, for me, the fact that you've stayed on your path, that you you stayed true to being a writer and sharing your, your perspective and your view, which is incredibly useful and opening for the rest of us who get to read it, I think so much of that is just staying true to that internal compass that tells you that you that you know you're on the right path, ignoring everybody else who says it's not possible. I can't. You can't do it. You can't make a living. Just staying true to that internal heartbeat that is your your navigational compass. So that's what I would say is is the the secret to to staying on on point. And I have to believe that there's a reason you have two books out that somehow you've been able to listen to that compass. Yes, that I like the compass analogy a lot. Like when the what I still struggle is to know when my compass is slightly off, <laughs> and I think that's everyone like to keep the compass like yeah to do not get lost in life. I think that's one of the keys. Oh yeah, my I think my I write books to help people to to align with their compass and not go against it. 
Yes, and and so to to the point of being able to get present to and access to our passions, I, I really think that the section you have in the book about addressing and treating and being in tune with our senses is beautiful, and I completely agree. I use something similar in my own Vitally Inspired program to help people get access to their passion. And specifically, I was really riveted with the idea of your concept relative to the senses of dining dans le noir in the dark that you have ah, yes. many restaurants in Paris that are offering this experience I think that is fantastic I would love to do that yes I, in fact I've never done this I did it in Thailand so it's uh, yeah I think it's starting to be a, a popular thing I, to dine the, the, the main idea is to we many times ignore we have uh, five senses and we many times ignore or we get messed up with all our senses. I, again, going back with, with the analogy of uh, the smartphone, we are having dinner and we are all distracted with uh, our eyes looking at the smartphone or is hijacking our emotions and brain and we forget I think we've all had this, like we are very stressed or we are in front of a very important person having dinner and the dinner is supposed to be delicious, but we we go back home and we forgot even the taste of the food. That's that's having dinner disconnected from the Ichigo Ichie. It's like I'm disconnected from our senses. And the reverse would be like these uh, restaurants that that are popular in Paris, that you can have dinner totally in the dark. So the idea is that your your eyes, the input from your eyes sense, it's, it's stopped. And you can focus only on the taste that goes to your to your mouth, basically. And that that how do you say that that makes the experience much more powerful. You, you you experience the food in a different way. Mm. And we can bring that analogy to everything else. It's not the same to if you close your eyes and listen to one hour of your favorite music. It's not the same as uh, putting your headphones and go running outside and listening to your favorite music. If you close your eyes and do nothing, I think... Mean, like we have many things these days that we try to multitask everything go to the gym listen to your favorite music at the same time we try to do like or start working and listen to your favorite music at the same time i think that that's okay but if you also create a different time where you listen to your favorite music with your eyes closed and just focus on the sound experience your sense of hearing then that would be much more that would be i'm telling you it would be a different experience i completely agree with you and to that end hector what i wanted to do is help organizations leaders and companies be able to utilize and embrace this idea of ichigo ichie and you talk in your book about 
being able to leverage this concept to create unique unique experiences that enrich all who attend, say, a company experience or event. I think that's incredibly useful for our listeners who are looking for ways to innovate and to connect meaningfully with their employees. So can you say more? How can companies create unforgettable experiences? Mm. So these we, we gave some ideas in our book, but I think everyone can collaborate and have the, and I think many people like people like you can, can give even better suggestions that we, we did in the book because you know, I think the, the, the idea is that create the, the right setup to have a, an Ichigo Ichi moments and, and bring people together. So to think like I'm going to think meta to, to, to create the right setup, one of the techniques is to, uh, I forgot the English word now. How do you say when you, uh, one of the main techniques that companies do is to do, ah, now it came to my mind, offsites, right? Offsites, yes. Why? I think that's very good and there are many ways to organize offsites. But the main purpose is that human beings, we are very sensitive to, to the place that we are. This again, this is like the the tea ceremony in Japan. As I said before, the main point is is not the drinking the tea, is that the tea ceremony place is a very special place. Is you go into this uh, Japanese traditional tea house, which is isolated from the rest of the world almost. It's like you go to a different dimension. And when you go inside the tea ceremony house with the tatami and you see a beautiful Japanese garden around you, you you listen to the sound of the the wind, you smell the tatami together with the garden flowers, and you enter this room with other people uh, dressed with kimono, and you almost feel like you're in a different world and dimension and your mind and your feelings change and you behave totally different to to all the people around you so when you create an offsite inside your company i think the mindset is more or less the same you get out of the office you go to a totally different place and then you spend time together and then you start seeing your co-workers as oh this person is not really like in the office behaves totally different now when it's outside it's a different human being and of course there are better ways that we can design an offsite in a more special special way so you could for example i like the idea of batching time like okay these two three hours we will all put our smartphones in a basket in the entrance of the room and we are all going to go inside the room. And you could, one idea would be to replicate the Japanese tea ceremony, uh, but you don't need tatami. You can just share green tea and everyone, you can start doing whatever activity you, you want. Like someone wants to share a story and share the story and everyone comments on the story. That would be a very easy uh, for ex- way to organize uh, Ichigo Ichi offsite. 
That is a brilliant idea, Hector. So, I love so that. That's, that's very I clever. think you, you can create many ideas. Uh, so that the main underlying idea is to create a different space because doing this inside the office is very difficult. You can try and it will have some effect. But I think having a different place with a different mood, putting some barriers to, to notifications and emails and everything, I think that's that's the main. But then you can also create your own. You can create, for example, like uh, homework, like you have to prepare it before the event. Uh, yeah, like uh, one big story you want to share with the audience, so people come prepared. Mm, I love that. Or you have to you have to write one haiku, and and uh-huh. and then you have to uh, you have to recite it in front of everyone. And yeah, it, if it's a stupid, everyone can laugh, and that's okay. Exactly. But like <laughs> still an act of creativity. It's beautiful. Yes. And you say to that end, too, we're almost out of time, Hector, the idea of just simply posing the questions, what if? Ah, yes, what if? What if? Magic of what if? That's a very powerful question, which is is one, I think, is one of the keys to, that it is one of the secrets that, all creative people have so and we are sharing it here i want everyone to learn this because this can be used to write books to to create movies to create music to to almost everything like to invent a new product so for example probably if you if steve jobs had uh, in the old times, they had like iPod touch. And he probably thought, what if I put a phone feature inside the iPod touch? And then it became the iPhone with this what if. Mm-hmm. And most novels, most novels, novelists use this what if. It's like you're walking down uh, the street and you see a guy wearing a hat and with a weird expression in the face, and you be, you say, what if this guy uh, just uh, killed someone and stole a, a government secret in his suitcase, and he's, he's carrying a weird suitcase, and then you go home, and you start writing a novel based on this what if. <laughs> so, and that's... that's and you can use this with your own life. So, for example, I can use it for myself. What if I didn't came to Japan uh, when I was 23 and I, for example, went to to Dallas with you and lived there? What if? And then oh, I can start. Oh, we would start, have missed uh, this book. That's what would have happened. <laughs> yes, and but maybe something else would have happened. So I can start thinking. Okay, what if? What if, or you can you can think forward. What if I do this now? You can mm. use it for your life. You can use it to create a new service, a new product. What what if uh, you, if, for example, probably many of your listeners are trying to kickstart their own startup or their own side business, uh, bootstrapping. Yes, um, and they can use the what if. 
Hector, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I must. We have to close the show, and I want to make sure and get listeners to your website. So hold that thought. We'll have to have you come back. And let me say let me say thank you two ways, Hector, for joining us today. First, muchas gracias por venir conmigo, and also let me also say to you, de nada, ichigo ichie, because I recognize this is a very special once in a lifetime moment, and I want to bid you adieu with that phrase. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. If you want to learn more about Hector Garcia or the books he's written, go to his website. It's hectorgarcia.org. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Louis Efron of The Voice of Purpose and the author of Purpose Meets Execution. We talked about that crucial interaction so many companies are working to get right in order to create meaningful cultures people want to work in while remaining vibrantly profitable. Next week, we'll be on the air with J.P. LaCour, talking about the work he and his team do to create more valuable companies through stronger brands and healthier cultures. See you there. Remember that work is at least one-third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.